Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of the Irish Tennis Updates podcast. I'm Adam, your host. Today on the show is Fabio Malle, the founder of Functional Tennis. For anyone who doesn't know what Functional Tennis is, it's an Instagram page all about tennis, but it's also a lot more than that. Uh, keep listening to this episode to find out more about what Fabio does. I was really excited to get to talk to Fabio. We talk about uh, how he thinks tennis will look after the lockdown, how and why he decided to set up Functional Tennis, the highlights of his journey so far, his thoughts on men's and women's professional tennis, and so much more. Without further ado, let's get into it. All right, so Fabio, if you could have one superpower, what would you choose and why? God, that's a great way to start. Put me in the deep end straight away. <laughs> uh, I, honestly, oh, there's so many sections. I thought about this and I'd love so many superpowers, but probably a way of slowing down time a little bit because time just flies so quick. And yeah. yeah, it just flies by. And obviously, it even makes me a better tennis player because it means I could see the ball. The ball would be a bit slower and I wouldn't have to move as quick. So yeah. I think to be many, many benefits to slowing down time would be amazing. Yeah, <laughs> good, so good answer. That, that's um, my superpower, slow yeah. down time. Perfect. Um, so how are you at the moment? How are things? And how's, how's kind of functional tennis going? And how's, how are you keeping? Uh, I, yeah, I'm good. Uh, just keeping busy. Obviously, I work from home. So... I haven't overly been affected by not being able to leave home that often. Yeah. Uh, most of my stock here, you know, everything's done on the computer over a call, so I haven't had to go far. My wife is on maternity leave with a new baby, so they've been here as well. So yeah. I've been used to that for a few months, having them around the house, which is great. So that part of things is good. Obviously, I can't see my family, my, my mother and my brother and sister, which is which is a bit tougher like but we have yeah. zoom for that yeah and yeah functional tennis is kicking it's kicking over our sales are down at the moment because people aren't playing tennis first of all and secondly people oh we can't ship into the states which is a problem so we, we use usps sorry we use uh on post and usps to ship into the states yeah and Mr. Trump has said uh, he's not taking large shipments in, so that means we can't ship most of our sales now are the pointers yeah. and the journals, sort of their mixed sales, but it's a big box, so that's not shipping in, which has caused a bit of a problem, but we have get bursts of traffic from different countries in Europe helps, but overall we're down a good bit, but content is good. Uh, it's changed, as I was saying. It's not so much just video training stuff. It's a lot more at-home stuff, at-home challenges, and then maybe some classic matches thrown in there. So that's what's working online. And, yeah, we've done a few good Instagram lives. We've had, like, Jamie Murray, Heather Watson, Kyle Edmund, uh, the Brian Brothers last week, yeah. which was amazing. Uh, it was, they were so nice. And yeah, podcasts are tipping over. We're doing, still doing one a week. Try not to do any more than that because quite a bit of work on a podcast, I'm sure you know. <laughs> uh, but next week's an episode with Yanko Tipsarovic, which has been our oh, best yeah. one so far. Okay. So it's pretty, yeah, it's, it's, going, it's, going the right, it's going slowly in the right direction. Yeah. All right. Now it looks like you're keeping so, up good, even like obviously the tough times, keeping it up well. So it's good to see. And I was keeping up with some of those lives and they're, they're really entertaining yeah. as well. So. So well done. Yeah, the lives. Yeah, the lives are good. I always thought the numbers for me are a bit low. I don't know why, but at the end, a lot of people actually tune in and watch it. But it's just hard to get people's attention for like twenty or thirty minutes on a live yeah. show, like yeah. because I'm sure, as most people know, you're scrolling through Instagram or whatever social channel you use, and you, like ten, fifteen seconds is the most you have. So, yeah. uh, 
trying to get somebody for 20 or 30 minutes is actually a lot of work. And that's why the podcast is good because, you know, they can do that whenever they want. They can yeah. listen halfway through and maybe you don't like the episode, you just skip over it. So that's why I love the podcast. And you're right. The key is consistency. Just if you do one a week, just keep pumping them out one a week or yeah, yeah. stay on target. Yeah. So you're, you're doing a good job. So thank you. Thanks. <laughs> Um, now I'm interested in in what you see tennis looking like whenever we get back to it. And um, so, for when do you think it might be? And and do you see anything changing at all from what it's how it's been? I've I've no idea to be honest. Everything is a guess. Honestly, I don't think it'll be till next year. Mainly because I think flight restrictions. Some countries may come back to normal, but I think with some countries may not allow like certain other countries to fly in. So yeah. I don't think for ATP have our WTA to have a tournament where look like the Australians can't fly in or the Italians can't yeah. fly in so I think that's going to cause a problem so I do think there's going to be some more localized tournaments on so maybe in the UK the US I saw Patrick Mortoglu has an event on now I yeah. can't remember the name of it now but he's having this like guaranteed 50 matches over eight weekends and he gets players in and who obviously are in France or maybe in Central Europe that can drive yeah. there and he's going to, I'm not sure, player interaction with the coaches and stats. I'm not sure what else. That's all I know. But that sounds interesting. And it's the thing about tennis is I think sometimes you need the big names are really what sell it. So it's going to be about who can get them involved in something. I think that's going to be really yeah. important. But honestly, if I'll have a better answer to this now. I'm, I'm due a podcast with Craig Tiley, the okay. Aussie Open director, which yeah. is massive for me. And I think we're recording in sometime in May. So once I speak to him, I'd be interested to know his point and see, is yeah. he getting nervous about Australia next year? Because that, yeah. I think, is going to be the next slap. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's yeah. That'll be interesting to see what he has to say about it. Um, yeah, so I'm interested just going back to kind of how you got into tennis in the first place. So, so where did tennis uh, start for you? Uh, tennis started for me, God, back in... Glasnevin I remember moving to Glasnevin I think I was eight or nine like folks moved to Glasnevin and I saw a tennis club there and I, was, I just pestered my mom for it probably took a couple of years before I actually joined so I used to play a bit of soccer okay. for a home farm then Tolka Rovers and I, I think I start like I probably was nine or ten when I start playing but nothing too seriously and then at 12 I broke my ankle playing soccer and uh -huh. after that then I sort of gave up the soccer and start concentrating on tennis then take yeah. a bit more seriously so I was a bit I was late to the I was late to the party and I've been catching up ever since really <laughs> so then you, you kind of you just kept playing and playing and and playing to a high you know improving playing to a yeah, high but, standard yeah I wouldn't say to a crazy high standard but would have played all the junior tournaments and did did okay and yeah, I think it was a bad sign when I used to do better in doubles than singles. Normally that later in your career, but I was doing it quite early. But no, look, did okay. Would have done okay in the more regional tournaments and the big Dublin ones never did too good. Even mm. I never actually played junior fit singles. I played doubles, which I only started entering under 16. So that's how, how late I was to the yeah. game and the draws are much smaller there. But I still to this day would like to ask Mr. Brewster uh, why I didn't get into the singles because it was quite disappointing at the time not being able to play. But I did play some good doubles matches, which was great. And yeah, then I sort of kept playing and through college a little bit, went to DCU with a good university team. That was a bit of fun. And when, when others stopped playing, I sort of kept playing. 
Yeah. And then I gave up and my, maybe just after college, I gave up for a few years, didn't play for about five years. And then I was like, look, getting a bit older here. I may as well get back playing. And some of my friends were coaches in DCU at the time. And I hit with a guy called Lazo, who would have been one of the top juniors in the world. He was coaching. I used to do hours and hours with him, which was amazing. My grain just improved then, improved a lot to this point where then I think I hit 30 and I decided to go on a futures tour with some of the Irish lads in Greece. So I did a month out there with them, okay. which was amazing. Like you know, my results were terrible now because you know, you play a few matches in the Irish futures, you qualities, you win one or two and you're like, God, this is great. I can do this. You know, I can yeah. go out and give this yeah. a go. But I think the level, like I remember in Greece was so, my first round matches were really hard. Like I got yeah. smoked and, but look, it was good experience and good to experience experience what it's like and it was a bit of fun and really enjoyed it i'd recommend anybody to do it yeah so that's yeah just been tipping over after that playing a bit of league and playing the odd tournament here and there more playing the vet stuff doing okay in the vet stuff lately which is good uh yeah just i love it so i like to play and keep healthy and it's a good sport for life yeah for sure and i was interested there um you say you keep you're still playing leagues and you're playing competitions so what's your kind of opinion on on all that within Ireland the league system and uh tournaments yeah I think the league the league system is is good I, I don't see I don't see any issues with it personally and I think it I think it tips over I think it making go on too long once you get through the stage I think it just like was it winter league there I wasn't even finished there another fits first were in the final yeah but it that can just drag on too long I think there should be more you should be more impact there. Just get it over and done. Get over okay. and done with because people, you know, it drags on and people have life as well. Yeah. It takes up like yeah. one of your days. But I, I do think it's good to have the team atmosphere, good camaraderie with the lads, with the different teams. And it's good meeting them up. And there's always war stories and matches you played years ago. So I think it's great. Uh, what I would like would be a Super League. This is something I've wanted, or I've been thought about for a while now. Would like more of a winter thing, an indoor session where you do just a few weekends, two or three weekends. You get like I don't know four to eight teams. I'm not I'm not sure even how many people per team, but where you sort of do a franchise based system. So you may you don't you possibly don't play for the club, but you play for a franchise. So it could okay. be a big sponsor. They could be given the names a bit like the US colleges are given their names, and where you slug it out over a few weekends and everybody, you know, teams are done evenly in a way. Yeah. They all have their superstar and then it goes down and they just slug it out over a few weekends and you saw the, you build a franchise super league. That's what yeah. I'd like to see done at the higher level because, yeah. you, you know, you because it's only two or three weekends, you may even get fans down to watch it and, you know, watch your favorite players play and yeah. it could be a good way for the senior, the senior guys who have played pro who, you know, some of them aren't into playing league. They're like, oh, I'm too good for this. Or, yeah, yeah. You know, some of them yeah. are like that. Some are great. They love doing it. And some are just too busy. So if you combine those three into a couple of weekends and then the junior, the top junior lads can get mixed in as well yeah. and they get experience. And I think it would be amazing. So that's what I'd like to see done in the future. I'm not sure if I'm going to do it or yeah. somebody else going to do it, but it's something I'd like to see. And yeah, that sounds very interesting. Yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> Um, yes, I'm just interested in how did uh, functional tennis start for you? Like, w- when did you set it up, and and why did you decide to to do that? Fun- only, I was only speaking to my wife about. She mentioned to you today because God, do you remember? You had some Instagram account. And you told me, God, people are like starting to like your videos. Like, and 
it was totally it wasn't set up on purpose well so it's set up on purpose just for me as a personal thing yeah in you're only a young lad there but in, <laughs> once you start in your 30s injuries start creeping up your hips start giving problems your hamstring we all sort of shoulder problems tennis players seem to have from early on so you're more ready for that but your body just starts acting up and I was on Instagram and I used to see loads of great exercises from guys all over the world, like who could do some good strength and just really core basic stuff. And there was different takes on it. And I thought, God, it'd be great just to have a page where to have these exercises up there. I know there's people in the same boat as me, but could you share it with them? And that's all it was like, it was yeah. just a place for me to share exercises that are good to keep you strong and healthy. And also there's other people I know in the same situation. So that was it and it just snowballed from there we sort of the content changed a little bit but it was god it was probably four years this summer and yeah it just grew and grew and kept growing and it was just it was all organic until yeah. about a year and a half ago i said my background is in e-commerce for probably a lot of Irish people know funky christmas jumpers we used to sell christmas jumpers for about 11 years now and so i gained a lot of experience in e-commerce so i was like yeah what way can I turn this audience that we have, what way can I turn it into a business? And I thought, well, e-commerce and where can I start? And about 10 years, no, sorry, many years ago, about in 2007, when the iPhone first came out, I had an app on the iPhone called My Tennis Tracker. And it was for yeah. tennis players to track their tennis career. It's basically what the journal does now. Yeah, It was in software, in an app, but we'd all complications between a coder my coder where he had where he lived there was a thunderstorm and his server blew up and he lost the code and i had no backup and various sort of things i just said i just ditched it and i said i'll get yeah. back to it at some stage so i was going to start with the software but i said no let's do a journal let's get people off their phone and it was a bit it's less expensive also to start that sort of uh, yeah. just a journal so i went with that and yeah the journal went really well it was great uh Novak Djokovic we met him and he loved it he told us on camera he loved it and he thought it was a great thing which was amazing for us that was great and then we added a practice journal which was a good addition to it which went down really well and then we added the tennis pointer which a product I'd seen online for a couple of years but I never connected the dots to be honest it's like why don't I just get them made and start selling them so we dug down deep found the info and we started to sell them just in October and they've gone really well it's a fun tool that kids and adults and some pro players use twice a week, just 10, five, five or 10 minutes and just get a bit of feel and get their feet moving and use as part of a warm-up. And yeah, so it's used in Tennis Ireland and it's used in other federations and it's used in some academies and there's a good few Irish players using it. And basically, yeah, it's a good fun tool. So that's good. And now I'm just looking for some other products. We need to expand the store. It needs to keep growing, so we're growing it slowly, but it needs to pick up pace at some stage. So that's really, yeah, it's it's function tennis has been a great medium for me to meet tennis players all over the world, like to go to some tournaments, to get the VIP access. And, yeah, you know, it's 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 been great. So I've really enjoyed it. And but it look, it's not, I, it's not that I go to tournaments every week. I've only been haven't been to that many. Yeah, but anytime I do go, it's a good experience, and yeah, it's amazing to build the community, the worldwide community. Really, is amazing. Um, yeah. Now, I saw last year you've you've started started your own your own podcast, as you were saying earlier. So, why why did you start decide to set that up initially? Why decide? I just thought the podcast would would give more. We weren't just an Instagram account. 
I wanted to yeah. build something bigger than that. And because we had access to players, coaches, and to people in the tennis world, I thought it'd be great to share these stories with people around the world. And I thought Instagram, our Instagram account did give us a good platform to launch a podcast. So uh, I was just something I've, I'd been thinking about probably for about a year before I started. Yeah. And I got to the stage where, look, am I going to do this or not do this? And I just gave myself a goal to just do 12. And I was going okay. to do 12 and then do season two. And for me, I thought once I got to 12, I thought it was just easier to go every week. So yeah. I just pumping them out every week. But I just it's something I just want to do. And it's not something that comes easy to me, to be honest, to to talk in. And it, there's a lot of preparation goes in to try and do as best possible show that I can do. Yeah. And I do get nervous before every one. And, you know, you speak to all different types of people. They're not, I'm not only speaking to top players, I'm speaking to other parts of people in other parts of the game as well but you get some great stories and I really love the insights so I just thought it was a good medium for me to be able to share content with our Instagram followers yeah do you have a, a favorite one you've done so far you know I maybe it's just an Irish thing but I, I like the Irish guys because yeah. maybe there's there's more to it I think the better shows are the ones where you know somebody a bit deeper and you can bring stuff up that you remember from past conversations. And yeah. I think they're the best ones. And then other ones is like where you've met somebody before. So, you know, there's more to it than just jumping on a show and it's a bit more easy going, those ones. So yeah. there's a mixture. The Irish, the Dave O'Hare one, the Joe Dwyer one are great. Uh, really like them. The one we did with Tip Saravage, I thought was really good. Now he was really good to me in Australia a couple of years ago. So a bit of a connection there. And it was so funny. I was in the I was in Roland Garth last year in the Djokovic box. We were there with Lacoste. Yeah. And in front of us was uh Tip Saravage. It was hilarious like tapping him on the shoulder and going, Yanko, how's it going? And he sort of knew him. So for me that was yeah really I was really excited with stuff like that. But that's gonna be a good one, the Yanko one. And I think they're all good in their own their own different ways. Like it's good yeah. hearing some NTA Division One champions hearing them speak, hearing the Grand Slam champions speak. Like, you know, speaking to some of the girls out there. We actually don't get enough girls on. Girls are quite hard to get on the show. And I've spoken to other people in this room as well. And they say, yeah, girls are always a bit harder to talk to. I'm not sure. It's like their their gates are locked and they just they only speak to people in the inner circle. That's what I found. And speaking to other people. So my goal moving forward is to get more females on the show because their stories are just as good as the guys' stories. Yeah. Well, I look forward to that to, to Tipsarovic episode for sure. <laughs> Do you have a, a best moment in your, your functional tennis journey so far? Kind of a highlight? Uh, highlight? Oh, God. Uh, uh, I, for me, it was probably Australia last year when I okay. went went down spent about a week and a half in Australia with thanks to Yanko Tipsarovic I was on his uh, on his credentials and just okay. having the access to everywhere was amazing just something I dreamed of to be honest yeah I dreamed of uh, you know every every player dreams of playing the Grand Slam obviously for me it was like just getting player access to a Grand yeah. Slam was for me and just to talk to people sitting in the player restaurants going into the gym just uh you know, like going in on the Sunday where it was like no fans were allowed in during practice day and it's just the place was empty and there's just players practicing. Yeah. And for me, that was from the minute I left the house to going down there, being 
I was just one of those fluke ones getting upgraded, going down on the flight, which was ridiculous. And then just being down there for the week and a half was such a, was I learned a lot, got to meet a lot of people, got great access. And for me, that's probably been one of my best experiences, along with probably meeting Novak Djokovic last yeah. year, where he gave, us, uh, he gave us about 20 minutes of his time on after his practice session on Chartier. That's great. It was amazing. Yeah. It was so nice. And yeah, he moved up in my in in my rankings like really did he's he's just so nice and since then like he, he just is actually really nice i think people see him as the villain i think he's the villain because obviously roger Federer's a hero and he's just taking so much away from Federer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. but meeting him was amazing and for him to know who functional tennis was was yeah he was was a big big reward i think yeah, that must have been really nice. Um, so do you have then on the other side, do you have kind of a, a challenge you've had to overcome to get where you are? Maybe one thing that you found hard at any point? Just fight my wife off, to be honest with you. She keeps saying, get a real job. Uh, that's that's probably been one of my my biggest challenges. But we're not like, we don't make huge amounts of money and it's just about being able to stick around long enough until we crack it. So... For me, it's just, yeah, we all get our tough days where some days it's tough and sales are low, like especially a few weeks ago when all this kicked off, sales yeah. took a hit. So I think a lot of my motivation is revolved around sales at this stage, just to keep the business going. And th- there's so many other things I'd like to do, but you know, these things cost money. It's a one man team here. So I got to be a bit careful with how I spend my time. And I'd love to, I'd love to, ideally grow the find ways to grow the team so we can produce better content is really what i'd like to do yeah and the challenge is how it's a daily challenge of how can i overcome that and how can i get there so that's what that's what i'd like to do there's a few other things i'd like to do as well but a lot of them revolve around financial challenges so it's just figuring out ways to to get the finances to get our projects going yeah, so I'm interested in your, your thoughts on kind of just tennis at the moment. So how do you see the men's game? Obviously, big three, a lot of domination. Who do you see maybe breaking through next and when winning the slam, maybe? Who do I see? I, I can see the top guy still hanging around for another while. Yeah. I did ask, who did that? I'm not sure if I asked Yank. I think I asked Yanko this. Yeah, it was like, who do you think is going like, to break through? Like, during this quarantine period, will somebody like just appear out of nowhere and go, here I am guys. Like yeah. I've been training while all you guys have been sleeping, but he thinks, no, it's just going to be the same, same yeah. service. I'm just going to interrupt the interview for a moment there uh, to say, that I saw a, a tweet recently um, and I had a quote from Zverev and it said, um, well, you know, I've been working really hard and I think we'll see that. We'll see who's been working hard when we come back to tennis. We'll see who's been putting the time in. And then it said a quote from Nadal and it said, you know, he hasn't picked up a racket since Indian Wells and he's been playing PlayStation all night and waking up and, you know, going to bed at, at, at 4 a.m. And then below the two quotes, it said, um, I know who I'm backing. And um, I think that sums up what Fabio was saying there pretty well. Now let's get back to it. Same people. There might be, I think at the middle ranks, there'll be some surprises, but the top guys would still be there. Yeah. I do see team taking the French Open at some stage. Yeah. I think he's, he's just working so hard and I think he's nearly there. And obviously the gap, Nadal's, you know, he's not getting much better, but team still has plenty in him. Then proves I think he's nearly at his peak to, he'll get there eventually. So I see him winning. And the other slams are, 
I see Djokovic Feder being the key runners at Wimbledon again. Yeah. Uh, Aussie Open, I don't. It'd be interesting to see next year. Obviously, Nadal, Djokovic. I think those guys are just going to be so so hard to beat. The other guys are a bit flaky. That's what I find. They don't show up all the time. Zerev gets some good runs. Yeah. And as he did last year, at the end of last year, and then he may go AWOL for a while. I think mentally they're nowhere strong as the top three. Yeah. And that causes a, a great problem. So until they retire, I think the surprise are going to be, you know, they're not going to be too many. Yeah. Now it's tough to look past Djokovic, I think, for Australian Open, anything like that. It's He's just been so dominant almost the last, you know, he's come back the last couple of years again. He's just been at the top. Mm. So it's, yeah. He's, um, he's younger than the guys as well. That, that's it, and yeah. All, also, we can talk about the females as well, which yeah. is, I never know who's going to win a female tournament. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. It just, it's actually exciting. You just, they can, you can't, you want to be, I'm not into betting now, but I think if you're betting the female game, I'm sure there's some bargains to be had out there <laughs> and you do well, but it's it's such a risky game, I find. There's just, you know, up, the ebbs and flows are crazy and you just don't know who's going to win tournaments. Sometimes I don't even know who's going to win matches. Like it's, yeah, it's, it's crazy. So yeah, it's exciting, and I can't give a definite answer on exactly what way it's going to be on the female side. But I think the male is going to the top three will still be floating around, causing yeah. a lot of trouble, and probably picking up the silverware. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd have to agree with you there. <laughs> um, do you have maybe a, a a prediction for the next? If you look at the next year, maybe of one result that you know, kind of a an out there prediction, maybe that. Team to win the French Open. Team, Team yeah. to win the French Open. Yeah. Surprise everybody. I know he, he won the favourites, but to eventually beat Rafa. Yeah. Now it'll be a big moment when he, well, assuming he does at some point, it'll be a big moment when he finally does. Yeah, it will. It will. It's going to happen. Yeah, I hope, I, I hope so. I, I'd like to see it. Um, yeah, look, look, changes are good and surprises. Let's putting these people in the mix is what's needed. Yeah. And I think once one of them gets their teeth in there, I think then it will just snowball. Yeah, yeah. Um, do, do, you, do you have a favourite tournament to watch? If you've been to it or not, just a favourite one to watch? Favourite to watch? Uh, I, I haven't, I've been to a few around Europe. I've been to all the slams. Mm. I've, as I said, I really like, I really like the slam. Uh, sorry, the Aussie Open was great. I didn't yeah. particularly like the US Open. Wimbledon obviously is great. Yeah. Uh, the French for me is probably the one I've been to most. I love that. But from the lower terms, I thought Rome was great. Like on some of the outside courts, you can get right behind the player. Like I think it's amazing. I advise anybody to to check out Rome. Really, really good. Rome okay. and Australia, the two. Try and get to down to Australia. Weather's great. Courts are so accessible. And um, there's parties on. They said they call it like a festival, a music festival with some tennis there, and that's yeah. what it feels like at times. So it's good. But and the ATP Tour Finals, I'm not. I think they're moving to Turin yeah. next year at some stage. But I'd like to check them out. They were good fun as well. It's totally different. It's indoors. It's electric in there. The quality of tennis is amazing. So it really depends on how much time you have and yeah. what you want to do. But there's a lot of good tournaments out there. You know, I've actually been to to the O2 in London um, a couple of times, and I've seen I've seen I think Federer. I've seen I've seen some great matches so it is a, a really good one because it, it's so so different I think to other events like it's a different kind of feeling because it's those yeah, best, oh, best of the year kind of all coming together oh, it's ridiculous it's, the quality is unbelievable like, even the doubles is amazing like, yeah. some of the shots they play 
are just unbelievable. So just to see that, I think for young players especially, the earlier they can get to these tennis tournaments, the better. It doesn't have to be the top ones, like, but they can just to see these pro players even train and on the practice court. And it just gives you, I wish I'd done it when I was younger because it just gives you another feel how hard these guys hit the ball. Yeah. The, the, even where they hit the ball over the net, the spin they hit, their serves. It, I think it makes you want to go home and train harder and to give you to build up that dream. So I advise any parents listening who yeah. have young tennis players to look when this all comes back to normal, try get to a tennis tournament, get to Rotterdam, get to Antwerp. It doesn't have to be like a Masters or mm. a five hundred two fifty will do where you see these top guys and yeah. I think it there should be more of that tennis in Ireland because you know it's then it's more accessible and kids young kids can see these top guys playing and see how good they are and you also realise how good you have to be as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, I just have one more question for you. I really appreciate your time for coming on. Um, well, what's your favourite thing about tennis? I, I don't know. I just love the game. It goes back to always since I, since I remember I wanted to join a tennis club as an eight, nine-year-old. It's, it's competitive. You're out there in your own fighting and it's healthy. It's, it's not the hardest sport. In the, sorry, it is from a technical point of view, but you know, it, you can just get a tennis racket, tennis court, find somebody play and really enjoy it. And it's, I love catching up with old friends who uh, you can just, you know, play a bit of tennis, have a bit of fun. You may go visit them. So it's, it's a great way to catch up with some friends while staying healthy. It's a really, really good, enjoyable and competitive game. And tournaments, I do get a kick out of playing tournaments. There's nothing better than, you know, grinding away at matches and losing can be terrible at times. So I think the competitive spirit is really good and it's a good friendly spirit. You build up some great friends over it. Uh, some, sorry, you build up some great friends. So it's a really good game for life. Yeah, that's it. And plus, if you get to a decent level, you get to travel a bit. And I know they say the travel after a while isn't what it's made out to be, but it is a good experience to have. And it's a good skill because you can connect with so many people around the world. And there's so many good tennis players out there. So if you land in New City, you can go to a tennis club. And if you have a good tennis skill, it means, you know, you can integrate that bit quicker and get to know some good people. Yeah, that's it, Grace. Um, so I think I'll leave it there. So Fabio, thanks so much for coming on, for, for talking to me, giving up your time. It's, it's really great to get yeah. to talk to you. Thank you very much. And for any of your listeners, they can check out my podcast as well at Functional Tennis. So I appreciate that. Thank you yeah. very much. Yeah, and no, I was going to say, it's a great listen. So um, do, do check it out as soon as you're done listening to this. Give it a listen. Great, dude. Thank you very much. Many thanks once again to Fabio for um, his time, for coming on the show. Um, just to say, I have listened to all of the episodes of the Functional Tennis podcast. I think they're really, really entertaining. Um, I'd encourage you uh, to check them out. Just search for the Functional Tennis Podcast. Uh, thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe to the show, leave a comment or review, and tell a friend to help and spread the word. I hope you're staying safe and coping all right with the lockdown at the moment. Until next time, I've been Adam, your host. Goodbye. Goodbye.